Okay. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, and variations thereof, welcome to the Selectives Lorecast, a casual Elder Scrolls podcast. My name is Chris, but everybody calls me Rotten Deadite, and with me today are... I'm Andrew, also known as the White Guar, and Sobek Rot Infidel. I'm uh, Chris Franzen, uh, occasionally known as Mojo, until I mysteriously disappeared. But I'm back. And I'm James, also known as Aramithius. And I'm Tabitha, also known as Slowed or Ant Waifu. And once again, as I, as I mentioned the last time Tabs was with us, that's the slow that everybody likes, not the slow that's been banned from everywhere. <laughs> um, so today we're talking about... That's a really, really old school Elder Scrolls lore yeah, joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's like, that's mm. many years old. Um, so uh, uh, today we're talking about Nordic culture. Um, and uh, uh, mostly because we've just decided to start running through every culture we can get our hands on. Uh, one by one until we run out, and then we'll find something else to do. And um, it's particularly relevant because, among other things, the last Elder Scrolls game that was released uh, was Elder Scrolls Online. Let me back that up. The last Elder Scrolls <laughs> single-player game that was released was um, Skyrim. So everybody's got a pretty good grip on how relevant Nords are to the, uh, to the universe in general. Yes, Nords have culture, Reg. Jesus Christ. So, um, <laughs> that's racist. Um, so the, uh, 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 and it's also particularly relevant because everybody's thinking about, uh, uh, the new God of War game that just came out today, which is Nordic for some reason. Some um, reason. I, I haven't gotten to the part of the game where they explain that bit yet. Um, cause it's the same I mean, freaking character. They're, they're, anyway. Yeah, anyway. He just left. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's no big you know lore story about it i, I suspect that's exactly yeah it's probably not any more involved in that he got yeah He's i like, got bored got killed everybody i killed everybody and um i left <laughs> um so um does anybody have a place they want to start who wants to kick us off um, well i'm mean, should we start kind of surface level and then and then we go deeper into the proverbial rabbit hole until we hit like spaceships and um, people yeah, who turn into dragons. Start with the Nordic pantheon because that feeds into a lot of other topics that we wanted to talk about. True enough. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um. Okay. So yeah, how do the Nords believe the universe was created? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, that's that's not with the simple stuff. <laughs> um. They, well, they, they, well. they have no creation myth, and I mean, I feel like yeah, isn't that weird? The reason for that is something I think we can get into farther down said proverbial rabbit hole. Yeah. But yeah, um, there is a good reason yeah. for it. I promise. But no, I, in terms of the in terms of the cosmology Nords, in um, how they they've got they've gone through a, lot, a fair amount of cultural evolution, which is which is good in its own which is good in its own right. But as far as I'm concerned, it kind of, it's kind of made them um, it's kind of made them bit, um, kind of start off kind of cool and interesting long, long ago, and then got gradually more and more similar towards other stuff, which um, I know, I remember Kirk Bride saying that there's something you, that's something he was trying to, um, trying to avoid in Elder Scrolls. Um, but um, in terms, in terms of the, in terms of the culture, they seem to, well, the, they, um, the, the pocket guide, to the empire kind of pitches them as being, as kind of thri thriving on conflict, having, having their own set of gods, 
um, and being the kind of strong arm of the empire and humanity. And they kind of, their kind of big sell and, oh, their kind of big point of pride, I think that we can possibly say is that them starting off as one of the, excuse me, um, one of the first, if not the first um, big mannish race on on Tamriel. Mm -hmm. Um, The the, um, the Nords were one of the first kind of kick back, kick back against Myrrh and one of the first sets of sets of men to arrive they're they're the, they're the most mannish man race as far as I'm concerned which the is most true. manly men that ever manned <laughs> <laughs> they are yeah. they are they you could say depending on whose pantheon you're talking about that the Nords are most directly related to the wandering Elnafe. Hmm. um so um the question about why the Nords don't have a creation myth is very interesting um and so I'm going to read to you now. Uh, all the text that I have about what may or may not be an unreleased Nordic creation myth um, that was, I believe, supposed to be added to uh, Oblivion, but didn't make it. And the text is incomplete, so I'll I'll read what I have. Way, way in the beginning, back when there was only the Grey Maybe, there was a god that is now referred to as Akatosh. He was not yet called by this name, nor was he the same being he is now generally considered to be. Then he was only the first, and he contained within him all the mysteries of time, past, present, and future. It is when he forms within the gray maybe that time begins. Soon other gods follow, among them Arche, Mephala, and others. Some of these gods lean towards the light of order, Anu, others more towards the chaos, Sithis. As time passes, these distinctions grow stronger, and soon the division of Adra and Daedra is created. Akatosh was drawn to neither. He was time, all-knowing and all-seeing. Distinctions such as order and chaos meant little. Still, he recognized the split that had occurred and realized that time must be represented among both groups. He then divided himself into two aspects, Akatosh, dragon god of time, and Hermaeus Mora, Daedric lord of past, present, and future. Yeah. That's Uh, all I got. Right. That's great. I love that. Um, Where did you find that? Uh, It was... Uh, I, I can't say, <laughs> but I can okay, tell you that it was good. going to be released in Oblivion, and then it wasn't for whatever reason. Okay. Any, um, any... I actually had in my notes for this, um, so much of Nordic culture revolves around them being mortals and them knowing, like, acutely being aware of their mortality. Um, mm. You know, they were, like, the original story keepers. I mean, Isgrimor was the first one who came up with an alphabet, at least the first man who did. Um, they were the first to be able to interpret dragon scratches as a language. Um, yeah, and I think that's really interesting that it identifies Hermaeus Mora or Hermamora as part of Akatosh and that it identifies Akatosh within the Nordic pantheon at all because usually we only hear mm. about Alduin. Yeah, well, actually, I should also mention, I, I, I forgot myself, I got sloppy. I should mention that I don't actually have that labeled definitively as a Nordic creation myth. The reason why I suspect it's a Nordic creation myth is because it places Hermaeus Mora so high up in the Pantheon. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Chris, you're, you've, you've duplicated yourself. Yes. <laughs> Did you click on the scroll three times and then drop? Yeah, he's now Momojo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, and uh, one of the uh, uh, one of the interesting aspects of the Nordic pantheon is how much importance they place on Hermaeus Mora, the yeah. um, the old man of the forest. Um, and 
And I like I, I, I like Tabitha that you mentioned how keenly aware they are of their mortality. They're because they're also one of the few cultures in Elder Scrolls that has a um a practical guide, an application on how to get into their equivalency of heaven. Mm-hmm. And uh and their fascination with their own mortality. they've placed so much emphasis on how you live while you're still alive that it creates a very easy-to-identify value system and uh, moral code. And, you know, and and it it creates in a culture the ability to uh, uh, determine um, uh, uh, who's going to get their final reward and who isn't. And so it, it is... Uh, unfortunately, something that's been, I think we'll all agree, has been sort of almost cloned from Viking culture, um, which is unfortunate. But mm. what makes it interesting is, to me at least, is the way that it, uh, that it lines up against other Elder Scrolls cultures. Like, you know, the Dunmer, for example, who have no clear definition of what, your, of what happens after death. Um, as a matter of fact, I don't... Does anybody know of any Elvish culture that does? I mean, I know, I know the the dark elves, and well, I mean, most of the elven cultures practice uh, their their ancestor ancestor worship, worship. and mm-hmm. so I mean, it, it it's almost implied that uh, it almost becomes like an animism sort of thing. I feel mm-hmm. like where you know, it, you know, oh, our our ancestors become spirits and they're venerated that way. What they do as spirits, we don't really know mm-hmm. some of them may protect the family lineage in the tombs or or something like that i mean but i I'd, I'd be interested in looking more at how the undead are raised in dunmary tombs to begin with um well, but that's, that's, see, that's, that's, that's time. yeah in like a dunmar culture we also see um those spirits of ancestors being a lot more active i feel yeah um, yeah like making you know more decisions like being able to learn and think almost as if they were still alive whereas um the spirits of men that we see tend to just be more like echoes like even like in game like you will see them just like follow a path that they followed in life so it's mm. not as if they're still there in the same way yeah question um with Dunmer, was this cut content or was this Tamriel rebuilt or was this actually in the game that they also use their spirits to feed the ghost fence? That's yeah, that's that's actual that. Marwan. Yeah, is that, that okay? Dunmer. Okay, I don't I don't remember. Like I've raised, I actually asked around for a while about that, and I couldn't find a like because I had it in my head personally that I I must have read it somewhere. Right. Yeah, I the, I've been wondering book, about that too, and I'm not sure. The book right. Ancestors in the Dunmer. It points out that they used oh. to keep the bones of their ancestors for for the personal ghost fence at home for advice and all that. Um, but in at the point where the book is written, um, they'd started sending it off to sending the spirits off to the ghost fence to defend against Dagothera. And if you kept them for your family, you were selfish. Yeah. Um, but well, I think well, the other, the other, just to go to the original question, um, the kind of the other Manish cultures that um, an afterlife. Um, do the Red Guards have a how to get to the Far Shores manual? Oh, um, how to the, get there. There's a technique to do it. Well, the, the, the Far Shores are being blocked by... <clears throat> Sakatal? By Tor Papa. He did, wasn't letting people back that, unless... Um, mm-hmm. Unless I think it was Tuwaka who taught them, how, um, taught them a way back using the stars, which is, um, which is the walkabout. Um, 
but but yeah that, that's that's all the that's all the cultures um but with with um with, oh and we with, spiraled with, yeah with, yeah you're right we spiraled right off of <laughs> yes we elder did. scrolls ramblecast again um <laughs> uh so you know um and and i i like the um the, uh, I'm, I'm really having a lot of fun in my brain knocking around the idea that the Nords are, um, uh, like, emphasized so heavily the uh, their own mortality. The more mm. I think about that, the more I like it. Um, yeah. Because it's... Uh, it, 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 it's, it's sort of like... It, it, it individualizes Nords in, from other uh, managed cultures in a big way, which I always appreciate. Um, it separates them somewhat from the almost marish culture of uh, of the of the Red Guard, and the sort of um, uh, I'm I'm going to be condescending here the uh, wannabe marish culture of the Bretons, um, but uh, but but that's Everyone because they. Hmm? I'm sorry. Everyone hates Bretons. Well, I, I certainly do. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, to be fair, there's a lot more going on there than I give it credit for. But anyway, the, um, uh, but the reason why I like the emphasis on mortality in Nordic culture is that it doesn't, it, it, the, the reward, the, the problem that I have with a culture that emphasizes dying in combat is that it de-emphasizes the importance of survival. And in a uh, in a culture that um, it's it's very uh, it's very important for a culture to survive that it encourages a very strong survival instinct because if your people die your culture dies and um, what I like about uh, uh, the 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 approach that Nords take that they sort of borrowed from real life Vikings is that it's okay to die. it's not only okay but it's glorious to die in battle which gives which gives you culturally a great deal of support for really really crazy ass warriors but not that it's okay for you to die anywhere you see mm. what i mean die in a useful yeah. way don't die because fuck it <laughs> but know? that also that also kind of has problems um in that it's also in my opinion quite responsible for how fractious nordic culture is mm -hmm. um it's it um it kind of I kind of blame Iskramor for this in a way, um simply because he was someone who disappeared off with his friends and did his own thing and founded a nation, um and so it's, it emphasizes personal loyalty in a very very big way. And if you're not loyal to the to that particular person, then they're okay to fight. And if you die, it's great. If you die fighting them, then it's great. You've got those two kind of elements that kind of spiral into making this big violent mess, basically. Right. Which a big violent what, mess. Mm -hmm. Which is what which is what Skyrim has kind of been for a lot of its history. It's one of the things that slightly annoys me about the time that the first pocket guide was written. Um at that because as far as I can tell at that point in history, Skyrim was divided into east and west. Um and there's no real account given as to how they reunified beyond Tiber Steamroll with a lot of them. Could have been it. Um Yeah. Tiber so, reunited a whole lot of people at gunpoint. So well, you I know. think that Nords yeah. also have a sense of honor and I mean, you know, they're pretty xenophobic, um, but things that are almost like themselves. Um, I mean, even giants, they extend a certain amount of respect to and cultural. I mean, you know, mm. 
Well, we can talk about giants later because that's a whole thing. <laughs> oh, well, I, actually, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, we, we're kind of trying to approach the origin of Nords in general. I think we should talk about giants. I think that's a really good idea. Yeah. But we'll get to that in a bit. Okay. <laughs> um, but, I do want to go back to the religion um, because mm. I think bringing up that the whole, you know, being so fractious, um, the fact that Nords, since whatever they were before, um, appeared however it happened um they've been at war like that entire time and we see them move away from that uh like animalistic uh worship during that time and so i think that that could have something to do with them um you know like rejecting the dragon cult um like generating people who look more like themselves and are more like themselves because you know they have Mm -hmm. like Kine is like the personification of the air and their throats. And like, they really venerate like what is useful to them. Mm, yeah. It's, it's kind of, again, going back to the, it's a bit, it's practical mm-hmm. in essence. It's yeah, what, what works, what works for them is like, again, another way of that cultural survival. Someone in the chat was talking about Junal and how, <laughs> you know, he got booted out of the Pantheon and mm-hmm. uh, it, they were going more into like Eskrimor and stuff like that, but I mean, it's kind of similar that, you know, high mathematics and stuff like that just didn't serve a purpose for them. So they, they, they like what, what's useful, you know, what, what mm-hmm. they can actually use in their daily lives. And, you know, as long as they can count one, two, three, four, I think that's enough for them. They don't need to know, you know, crazy algorithms to try and break the universe, you know, like some other cultures. Algebra is not useful for counting your cows. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> ABCs for barbarians. Like they don't yeah, right. have to make sure they're not getting fucked over, you know, in a trade deal. Mm-hmm. And that's it, you know, <clears throat> Mm-hmm. So then he tried to tell me, I'm giving you an imaginary number of cows. <laughs> <laughs> it's the number of yeah. birds on a tree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the number of birds that can rest on the timbrel tree. Through. Yes, exactly. <laughs> One so, point where we're still kind of going through the religious side of it, I, I, I kind of had a vague theory about death and the Nords and how that relates to, um, to, to, to their, view of, their view of dragons and stuff. Um, because um, because Alduin is both beginning and end for them mm-hmm. um, in the, in their various ways. Um, but you also think about the way that the Nordic pantheon itself came um, came about or, and grew grew, um, grew from the totemic stuff into the um, the current Nordic gods. Old um, that was the dragon cult. The totemic stuff was kind of linked was kind of linked to the dragon cult, which is. Um, which is far as far as I can see a, a kind of cultural trauma, if I can put it that way, for, um, for the Nords. Um, there was there it was there was lot there was lots and lots of death, and Alduin made them or made them all die very very young and all that sort of thing. Mm, and yeah. so you've got that and kind of dra- dragon dragon association with death, um, which also explains why they're so focused on on how they die. It's kind of it's it's a way of, uh, it's a way of them controlling their own destiny in a, in a sense rather than having it still having it still controlled by um, still controlled by dragons um i kind of vaguely want to shoehorn in something about how they thought that the pa- the power of the foom and, dra- and, dra- and dragonbornness what uh words are failing me is kind of associated with um with talos more than um more than more than akash it's again that attempt to kind of 
um, to kind of reclaim stuff, um, to reclaim stuff from old from Alduin, um, and Talos as the, the Lord of the Lord of the Underworld is again something similar to that. They are remaking the thing that defined them at the start, which was death and dragons mm. into death and themselves, and so on. Well, isn't isn't uh, the thum I mean, isn't the thum a gift from Kine though? Uh, yeah, but the gift of being dragonborn is something is something else. Well, well, yeah, yeah, the gift of being a dragonborn. Yeah, but the thum that, itself, that's much more associated with um with that's not associated with Akatosh, um, in my yeah. memory. Yeah, which I mean, Kine is, I think, one of the one of the wives of Shore, yes, or something. Which which that relates it back to Talos. Um. So yeah, I just wanted she's to she's like the wife, mm-hmm. you know, like she's important, like extremely in Nordic culture. We see her referenced like pretty much as much as Shore is, um, but she is not the thing that makes it happen. She is the breath that makes it happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, no, um, she's the she's the she's the bre- she's the life and the potential, I think. Yeah. Is that a right way to put yeah. it? Okay, yeah. So that's um yeah. We actually talk more about like I really want to go back to that association of Hermamora and Akatosh yeah. because mm-hmm. um and especially with the Dragonborn. <laughs> I know we have our our own thoughts Ooh. and feelings. Um about how the dragonborn is treated in game, but I think that associating Hermamora and Akatosh, who is associated with Alduin, is really interesting because Hermamora, like he like is the personification of fate. So what does that say about the dragonborn? That they are so entwined with this like, you know, tentacle fate monster. What does that say about Mirak? Mm-hmm. Mm. Because oh, there's yeah. also there's something that is so um like you know, like you eat the thing to become it. Um mm, yeah. and that we see a lot. Um, I mean, you know, that's Alduin's like entire thing. Um <laughs> and true. then yeah. you know, we always see her memora like absorbing knowledge and eating it and pulling things into itself. So I think that those three four figures are a little bit more yeah. realize. Well, there's also the um <clears throat> there's there's a lot of ways to 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 um to uh characterize Hermaeus Mora's obsession with knowledge. Um and it's you 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 get in I get some very interesting ideas in my head when I start sort of stretching the definition to say that um Hermaeus Mora does not consume knowledge so much as he consumes culture. Mm-hmm. And the the idea, like 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 it's it's a, it's very perceptive, Tabitha, to say that Hermaeus Mora consumes things just like Alduin does, because getting knowledge out of Hermaeus Mora is very very difficult. Um, and like a lot of the stories that people tell about Hermaeus Mora that you can read about, it's if it's not just Hermaeus Mora being a dick, it's whatever kind of deal you strike with Hermaeus Mora to gain knowledge, the knowledge that you get is almost worse than not having the knowledge at all. Mm. Um, it's corrupted somehow. It's definitely, it's, it's, it's in that sort of, you know, that usual kind of, um, a uh, 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 folk tale of, you know, strike a deal with the devil. And then you get some kind of really terrible twisted version of what you were looking for. You know, that, 
that whole, mm-hmm. you know, uh, needful things kind of um, uh, uh, shtick. Um, but it's not, uh, um, it's not that hard to imagine that Hermaeus Hermaeus Mora, Hermaeus Hermaeus Mora's intention is to give you more than you is to, is to not give you what you wanted. In other words, to not give you what he has mm-hmm. because he wants to, because he's eaten it, he's kept it, you know? Um, if, so you might say there, therefore that Alduin consumes the physical realm is kind of where I'm headed with this. And Hermaeus Mora mm-hmm. consumes the mental realm. Yeah. I don't think we really need to separate those things though, because, um, that's true. I mean, if we just like think about the term dragonborn, it doesn't just mean, you know, someone who is naturally able to go around and shout at things and make them move or run really fast or whatever. It means someone who like is an agent of moving time forward. And that that breaks the fourth wall a little bit, you know, because oh, okay. you play move things forward. Mm. But <laughs> you know, so I think that just the Hermamora being tied into fate. Like, I mean, you know, I mean, in every other Elder Scrolls game, what happens to the player character at the end of it? Like, is a dragonborn person just an agent for moving time forward and maybe even bringing about the end of the Kalpa? Mm-hmm. Well, I, 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 I have an idea about Hermes Mora in that regard. Um, and, and this kind of ties into uh, the Marukani selectives a little bit. Um, in that when when the tower was danced upon, and Maruk and, and the others danced upon the tower, and removed the elven influence from Akatosh, and he was shattered basically into the three parts, the three major parts with a bunch of little ones, um, namely Akatosh, Ariel, and Alduin, right? Um, that Hermaeus Mora kind of came from the, the extra stuff from that, in the same way that we look at Malakath as a portion of Trinimac, while Trinimac was split into Zenithar, Stendar, and um, and Arke, and Malakath is kind of the leftovers. Hermaeus Mora is the same thing, but for the Akka Oversoul, um, which hmm. it, it, it it occupies an interesting niche, niche, however you want to pronounce that. Uh, for for his role in the Arbus, he's is is he even intentional in terms of what he does? I mean, he has an intention, of course, but when when he hoards his knowledge, is that just the leftovers of time that he's collecting? He is a leftover of time. In, that's in, hmm. that then, strikes me as more something that. Merun's Dagon would almost do if we were to take the seven fights of the old Daga seriously. Sure, but um, and but the two of them are linked in the seven fights. Yeah, fair enough. So I mean, I'm yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm just kind of throwing yeah. theory out there yeah. and, and seeing where yeah. it goes. Okay. Yeah, and one of the thing, although one of the things that's different in the Nordic interpretation of of Hermes Mora which is kind of why I was a little disappointed that he was a tentacle-filled void, um, <laughs> was that he was, um, he was the old-filled man of... Um, he was the old man of the woods. Um, he mm-hmm. was this woodland demon thing, um, that, um, which also has some interesting applica- um, implications for what he was really doing in Atmora, of all places, if you think about mm-hmm. the etymology of that. Um, 
was mm. was he a particular pro- was he a problem for the Nords in Atmora? Was he the um, was is there some kind of silent associate association you have there with the old man of the woods and the old wood that was Atmora? But shit, and but I don't know. That's that's kind of something that I need to pass out a bit more. It's only something that's just just occur- only just occurred to me, but. It's just the the idea of kind of a woodland demon hop, hopping around. That's not something I that I'd map to knowledge necessarily, but that's the Nordic presentation of him in at least varieties of faith. I'm not sure if he's got any different, particularly Nordic iterations anywhere else. I can't remember what the design document says um, in that respect. Hmm. But Reg fifty five thousand suggested that he stole the trees. I, I like the suggestion that the tentacles can be seen as serpentine. Hermes Moore seems to oh. like Shazarines, and his acolyte calls the, his Agumem Finium the heart of a god, which yeah, should give some thoughts. Yeah. As that, that, that creates a really interesting, you know, if, if it's the mishmash of leftover bits of serpents slash dragons, we end up with weird tentacle kind of, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I really like that. That, uh, mm the way that 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 fits in there and the trees mm-hmm. thing what, what were what were we saying about the trees well i'm I'm still trying to process that because i do think that there is a a, a uh um a, a a connection to be made between the forest the way nordic and you know germanic cultures think about the forest especially mm. something like the dark forest of uh and how that might play into uh, Atmora being the old forest is, you know, if you say that, if you if you draw a connection between Atmora and Hermaeus Mora, then is Hermaeus Mora the return of a dark past? It's possible. Although I don't think that, well, there's one little throwaway line in Varieties of Faith that has bugged me immensely in recent weeks. Um, but there's there's not much of an explanation that, at, or not much of a, a feeling that I get that Atmora was a particularly bad place for the Nords. I mean, yes, they yeah. came, they invaded, and they did all emigrate, and they came, they stopped coming here because the place froze over um, in some ver- many and various interesting ways. Um, but I don't get the sense that it's that much of a bad place. But ver- varieties of faith um, has the kind of line. Um, oh, I can't remember what it's. I think it's in discussion of Orky. Um, that um, he was that he was doing had a had a particular role du- um, during Murish rule of Atmora, and it's in those words. We don't oh. think of we don't think of elves being in Atmora at all, and having that sort of a link. It's very much the home of men. I mean, mm. apart from um, there's the kind of is Atmora and Elmeris the same place? Um, right. But do they do either of them actually exist in the first place? Yeah. Well, it's yeah. the cave from if you if you want, it could be the cave from the goblin creation myth. You know, <laughs> it's it's the place that the Elnofe both came from, and yeah. Tabitha's gone sideways again. Oh. <laughs> well, wait. Um, shit. What well, wasn't. God, I can't remember if, if I'm just making this up in my head or not, but like during the Elnafe War, like, I mean, wasn't 
at Mora exchanged multiple times throughout the war. Like, (laughs) um, possibly. I don't remember if we had that much of a an account of it. It's did did um did did is there anywhere that gives a kind of a a progress of the war beyond people squabbled, the land broke up, and and then everyone carried on. Um, I don't know. I don't know because the the only real account of the Elnafe Wars I can really ever remember is the one that's in the Anuad, which is about three sentences. Um. Hmm. But, yeah. That's a head scratcher. Yeah. And then you know the the other problems that we have to think about. Um, oh. or, or do we have to combine the presence of Atmora? the rule of elves, possible rule of elves, and the way that uh, Isgrimor left Atmora for Skyrim is what What then, therefore, is the connection between them and giants? Oh. <laughs> um, that's, yeah. That, that's, an, that's a pauser, and yeah. particularly if you think because I know that there was some, there was there was some there are some there are some dev quotes out there, but no real in-game thoughts that the um, that men didn't actually come from Atmora. Ultimately, I don't know whether that's um, they were intending that the Nords were um, never came from Atmora in the first place. Um, but but there's the idea of men coming from Atmora originally was a myth anyway, um, and something that wasn't actually the case. I mean, there's. There's um so, oh what is it not subtropical Cyrodiil uh the the social history of Cyrodiil published by some Breton university um that some good um, goddamn you know some 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 place where they print your graduation receipt you know yeah, when you, you they print your your winning your, press or something yeah um but um that kind, of, um, that kind of talks about um um talk about Tamriel being a safety valve for more of a generations and that sort of thing. Um, it kind of implies that the that Skyrim that the the Nords and Skyrim are kind of the latecomers in terms of Manish movement migration onto Tamriel. Um, it also means that they're probably the closest to Atmorans that we get in the sense of being different from Tamriel because um, all the various other cultures will have spent more time on Tamriel, whereas um, whereas the Nords have actual history in Atmora. Um, so they and they've got and they've got that link. So they are the most alien of men, so to speak. Um, which is perhaps another reason why they've got a, a different, a slightly different perspective on things to um, to the way to the way that the other cultures work. But yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this. I, the the next step is to think is to kind of think about giants, but I know nothing about them beyond the fact that mammoths may be the female form. I don't know. Oh right, right, right. That that mammoths are the or female giants. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah. I remember that one. Yeah, and I don't even know whether that's just to explain the fact that giants only have male um, have male models in game. Uh, um, well, we're not allowed to say budget, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't they have them in ESO now? Yeah, I think they do. Do they? I don't think I've ever seen a female. Okay. Giant. Okay. Yes. I, then again, I haven't looked no, all that closely. I try to avoid them, but oh, filthy creatures. But yeah, 
does does anyone have any connections with between between um the the Nords and the and giants? I don't. I know that there have been some anthropologists who have tried to live among the Nords, that sort of thing, mm. but I know nothing else about where they're actually supposed to have come from. Well, I, a, a big cynical part of me thinks that the, the Nords spread the rumor that they're descended from giants because they like the idea, you know, <laughs> that they're just like, yeah, we used to be huge. We're not anymore. Whatever. You know, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> but we used to be a really big deal back in the day, you know. <laughs> Ooh. That's, uh, again, I'm asking questions that I don't know whether we can uh, we can answer now. But, um is do we have any indication that whether to whether the giants have a similar totem and um, totem system to oh. um, ancient Nordic? Well, or not? Um, there was some there were some people speculating about the uh, giant stones with like um, with designs painted on them that yeah. you see in Skyrim that this was some kind of a totemic uh, thing. Um, I think other people were speculating that it was actually the. Uh, um, the, 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 uh, the giants mapping out their, uh, territory, like, you know, like gang signs almost, you know, big giant mm-hmm. gang signs, <laughs> um, <laughs> instead of, instead of, you know, throwing their shoes over a, over a, a, a power wire or something. Um, but yeah. it's, uh, I don't, I don't think that's, um, I, I, I don't know where people got that idea from. Um, I think they're both equally likely. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. the, uh, there's, there's also the question about whether or not giants have the, you pardon the expression, but do they have the, you know, cultural maturity or, or complexity to have a religion, you know? Mm. I, I mean, when they wander around Skyrim, they're barely conscious. Um, I mean, I've always pictured it as a very animistic type. If there is a religious system in place with the giants, it's very animistic. Yeah. <clears throat> so I, I I don't know if I I mean with the animism, sure I, I, I kind of I agree with that, but whether we can look at them on the surface and say, oh, they have no culture, because the giants are a lot more complicated than we give them credit for. Namely the fact that that I mean, as I understand it, they're directly Elnafe or or directly um, you know, one gradient below Elnafe. Mm. Um, and because of that, they're, they're more ephemeral, nebulous kind of, of beings. So what we can see in the physical realm may not be representative of all that they are. So if we think of them as more of a metaphorical idea rather than physical stomp, stomp, blast you into the stratosphere kind of dudes, um, then... <laughs> I mean, there may be more to their culture that's that's um, intangible, uh, hard to access, simply by virtue of being what they are. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's all you're stepping on. Yeah. Nordic space program. That's right. I forgot, Reg. They do have a space program. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They also like painted cows. I mean, just throwing yeah. that out there. Yeah. And I actually mm-hmm. wanted to bring up the painting. Um, sorry, I disappeared for a minute there. My mm-hmm. internet went out. I got a storm coming through. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> um, if you look at their painting in game, it actually highly resembles like early Nordic art. Uh-huh. So even if they're not direct 
ancestors or cousins of the Nords, I think it's possible that they could, you know, have served in some sort of teaching role. Hmm. I have never done that. I've never actually studied their painting. Teaching, as in... uh, The patterns that they paint, um, like, around their encampments. And if you look at, you know, the same sort of swirly designs that are painted on cows that are given to them and sacrificed by Nords. They're very similar. And then that same style is repeated in Nordic barrows. Uh, Somebody in... Jesus, that's really interesting. Yeah. Okay. Although... Although the Hmm. pedant in me says, shouldn't Nordic barrows be a lot bigger if they're the same thing? Well, no, I mean, I'm not saying that they're the same thing. I'm saying that... They have the same cultural roots. And if you yeah. look at the book, um, oh, which one was that? Oh, Giants, a Discourse. Um, it also makes the argument that they have the same cultural origins. And in the book, it says um, that they're both descended from Atmorans. Um, just, to, oh. you know, talks about Atmorans being tall and all of well, that. So. Do you, you know the the, the no Kirkbride problem. art that's um, Talos farewells the king of Atmora? Have Have you guys seen that? I I have somebody just linked it in chat. Okay. No, I haven't. Um, <laughs> I can figure out how to get this onto the screen. Big, big smug looking giant with Talos kind of floating up there. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, waving. Um, the giant has like crazy tusks coming off of his. Belt. Yeah, all these weird looks like tentacles almost. Yeah. yeah. Um, tentacles in that mora. Wink, wink. Eh, eh. <laughs> figuring that out, um, I think that if they do have similar origins, we could look at points in Nordic history where their cultures may have deviated. Um, for instance, when all of the Nords were cut down, like to living only six years, and mm. then they were separated by a Manish god. So that could possibly yeah. be where they deviated. Well, that's kind of like a common thing yeah. for that sort of uh, culture where the gods that you worship just decide to give you the smackdown <laughs> just to remind you who's the king, you know, just to remind you who's actually in charge of this motherfucker. And then yeah, no. it's really like after that, that we see giants like being established as a separate thing. Hmm. That's right. And it's possible that, you know, when they were saved and given longer lifespans, possibly even given black souls, maybe that's when that happened. That well, that wasn't that the speculation at one point that the the, the that the curse that men were under of only living six years was in fact that they had that it was just a tale to use to explain the transition from giants to men. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm very I'm uh I've never heard that theory, but... I yeah, I don't know where I got that from. Kind of <laughs> makes sense. Grain of salt. <laughs> I don't know, there's no actual research behind that one. But I, I've, <laughs> but you, you do get that a lot in, um, in, in a lot of uh, um, uh, myths where they're, they're, just thing, they're just, you know, stories meant to explain why things happen. Like I, I was saying in a previous cast, I think 99% of all mythology comes because... Some parents got a really annoying kid and is just making shit up to shut him up, you know. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> major major advances in culture were caused because kids won't leave you the fuck alone. And um, uh, and, and I think uh, that a lot of hmm? 
You sound like a person who has kids. I I do not. <laughs> I do <laughs> on purpose. I, do. I can I can I can attest to this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's I I think that's kind of a a a a a, a typical thing in um a lot of Western mythology. Probably in a lot of Eastern mythologies, it's probably just mythology in general, I think. It's probably safe to say that's a big part of why mythology exists, is to try to explain stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But it's not necessarily always the case. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of the various cultures that contributed into what we now call China. Um, a lot of their, uh, what, we con what we considered, what Westerners considered to be mythology, is absolutely fiction. And the Chinese know this, but their behavior towards this fiction looks to us like religion. That's not necessarily the same thing. And it's, it's kind of important to remember that, like, it, it, it's not necessarily true that, like it is here in America, where we have uh, major cultures that, are, that have canon, and they have the truth and lies, and uh, uh, and you worship only the truth or you go to hell or some similar thing. There's a lot of cultures out there that have what could what we would consider to be fan fiction, but they behave the way they behave towards it looks to us like religion, but it's not or it is. I mean, it's just, you know, it, it, it's it's really hard to um, it's because I grew up my whole life. Uh, uh, under one ver version of Christianity or the other, it's very hard for me to think about religion as anything other than mandatory, like de clearly defined canon. It's um, it's um, it's it's religion in the sense that you can you can derive you can derive truths from it, but truth right. isn't necessarily what uh, what events are written down. Exactly. I'm really sad that Ziggler isn't here to give us two cents on that. Like, he, he would be all over this. Yeah, yeah, he'd be very relevant yeah. right now. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah. Okay. Will we? To vaguely. So we've wandered. We've we, we wandered around a lot of places. Wanted to um, to talk about. We haven't really talked about the Battle of Red Mountain at all, and I know that was. Oh, geez. We started. Are you talking about Shore, Son of Shore? Uh, also, uh, or, yeah. Uh, does also, anybody know how to explain that story? I mean, Sorry? I know, I know Todd does, and Todd is in the chat. I don't know if we want to get him in here, um, but I mean, we also haven't talked about uh, um, transcalpic world eating Nords. <laughs> yeah, which is which is yeah. It's, I mean, it's. I think there's some credence to that. Personally, um, um, yeah. Well, I mean, because we well, I mean, I guess we're talking about it now. Um, yes, absolutely. So Go. The, the 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 idea, as as I understand it, is that the the Nords have a knack of for leaping through kalpas, so they they avoid the end of the kalpa and land in Tamriel in their spaceship that is High Hrothgar where they leave Skyrim to go up to Atmora and come back as proper Nords of that Kalpa or something like that. Um, if, if we look at um, the 500 companions or thereabouts of, of Isgrimor, um, we see upon the return of the companions, they're turned into dragons, mm -hmm. 
mm. which which kind of led me to the idea that okay, well, when they hop Kalpas, do they become the dragons that we see in Skyrim? Are they the cause of the end of the Kalpa simply by? Yeah, yeah. yeah or is, uh, um, is Alduin the Nords? Yes, yeah, so, something like that. I mean, I I had kind of played around with the idea with with um, Evan Smith that Alduin could be the last dragonborn from the previous Kalpa, but I get yelled at for that, and people. <laughs> no, that's, I, I completely believe that that's what I was saying earlier with her memora yeah. and all of that that I think her memora and his association with Akatosh and Alduin is instrumental in making the dragon born whatever dragon born the Alduin yeah and and I mean the 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 thing is I mean people yell at me for that and they say oh well Mirak is is Mirak however we want to pronounce his name he's the last dragon born from the last Kalpa because the dragon wars were in but the, the the dawn era the Marathic era something like that i'm pretty sure it's the dawn um and 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 the the dawn is actually the end of the previous kalpa not the beginning of the current one other hypothesis mirak is the first dragonborn like he says he is no dragons are dragonborn that moved between kalpas because how else would you escape time except to become a biological time machine Okay. Yeah, I did. I mean, the, the, the only thing is in his dialogue, Mirak talks about how he was there when, uh, you know, for the, for the Dragon Wars, when Alduin was, was sent forward in time. He references those three heroes. I don't remember their names. One of them was voiced by, by Linda Carter. That's all I remember. Formally. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And he references them directly. Oh, they were fools or something like that. I mean, and I so think that, he's just saying he's old. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it could be that. But personally, personally, I like the idea that the last dragonborn of the previous Kalpa, who is only last because there were no, uh, there were no dragonborn to follow after him, he effectively failed in stopping Alduin, and in so became Alduin. So when we're faced with Alduin in Skyrim. It is, in fact, your Kalpic predecessor who you are fighting. And by leaping right. the Kalpas, yeah, he, he, is, he has become what he could have destroyed. And then uh, it even says when you do defeat Alduin at the end, it's just like, but he's not a god forever. Like, super, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, 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 that kind of, yeah, I guess that kind of in, in, implies that there's more of a connection between it because you don't absorb Alduin's soul. Right. And no. and I'm I'm not looking at chat right now, but I'm sure Todd is yelling about how uh, now nah, he's gone. Oh is he <laughs> oh, okay. Well <laughs> land, 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 um, no I mean he's he's Todd's in there. He's that's what he oh, said. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Uh landfall imminent because Alduin died. So that was or uh, I mean and my argument to that is usually well just because the end of the Kalpa was delayed doesn't necessarily mean that he's dead. It could be delayed long enough for New Medium to show up. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and you know, then, then Alduin returning is irrelevant at that point. Well, that's kind of like the key point here is that um, when, when you talk about uh, what, what happens, when, well, first off, 
I have to debate whether or not Alduin is a god or not. But I think it's probably we should not debate it at all because it's pretty much a moot point to debate mm. whether something is or is not a god in the Elder Scrolls universe because yeah. the terminology is so... The, the definitions are so wildly disparate. Um, but it's sort of like when, when you quote, air quotes, kill Alduin, the question is at that point, is he dead in the same way that Sothisil is dead? In the same way that Amalexia is dead? In the same way that uh, uh, Talos is dead? It's, you know, if you, if, you, if you pose the argument, which I think is very good, which is that you can't kill a god, however you define a god, mm -hmm. then um, you could argue that uh, Alduin has just dissipated or <coughs> is no longer effective is rendered ineffective, you know? And that could be the closest you can get for a god, to death for a god, is you just don't matter anymore. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I, mean, I, I, mm. I, wonder if, I wonder if his dissipating is his returning to, I guess, the fabric of the dream sleeve mm -hmm. or something. Al almost, almost like a, a, a nirvana kind of, kind of thing. You become one with the universe and are removed from the cycle of, of reincarnation. Which is, you know, what what a lot of these, um, oh. you know, a lot a lot uh -huh. of the, uh, I think it, I know it's some sect of, of Buddhism. I'm not sure if it's all sects of Buddhism. I don't, I don't, but, I'm not sure either. Yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. You know, Doc, Doctor Nightstone in chat has pointed out the question that a lot of people ask on various forums, which is: Is the Alduin we see in Skyrim the same Alduin that eats and ends the Kalpa? Uh. I would I, say why not. Hmm? I mean, well, if with, not, like where is the real one? Or the one before? Uh, you say that all the changes in each calper. I think I heard a cat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I almost wonder if, if I mean, Alduin is kind of a title that get, gets passed between calpers, so. Let's say, so we start in Kalpa A, right? Alduin comes to to end, um, or, or or no, the 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 Nords land on their new Kalpa and return as dragons, where they start to do their world-ending thing. The Nords of that Kalpa, who already existed, flee, land in the next Kalpa, where they arrive as dragons, where. Those Nords try to fight with the dragons, and 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 so it's a cyclical thing. And Alduin being, yeah. being being mm -hmm. the the dragonborn of the, um, of the Kalpa previous, he goes with the Nords, lands as Alduin to lead them, in in this thing. I don't know. I'm 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 getting away from myself here a little bit. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think this is a good opportunity. <laughs> Welcome to the Selectives Lorecast. A, <laughs> yeah. a good opportunity I mean, for us to talk about the dragon cult because the Nords al weren't always fighting the dragons. So I think that it's yep. possible that if the dragons are Nords from the previous Kalpa, like that whole arrangement started because they already had some level of knowledge and could mm -hmm. guide the new Nords. Yeah, something something like that. Um, I mean, I I almost need like a whiteboard or something. <laughs> the fighting. The fighting kind of started, though, for um, in terms of the dragon cult, um, basically started because the priests screwed everything up, um, as as I understood it. That it wasn't 
and that it was the dragons were basically off doing god type things um and and the pre and the priests started levying taxes and stuff um or basically just mistreating um everyone everyone in everyone in skyrim where which is what they weren't doing in atmora apparently they mm. they're apparently being nice and quite in adherence with their role um so um i'm not sure the conflict is quite as um, is quite as calpic as um, as, it, as it perhaps could be because it doesn't feel like it's inevitable. It feels like it feels like a squabble over paying conditions, basically. Yeah, uh, a, 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 a conflict with management. <laughs> a conflict of what? A conflict, a conflict management uh, issue with, uh, with, <laughs> with management. Yeah, pretty much. It's just. Yeah, the, the people who were meant to kind of be the middle management screwed up and got got far, got far too um, far too big for their boots, and the uh, the CXOs just don't care. Um, That's the issue with middle management. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I also just to change tack a bit. Um, can we talk about the voice and? its place in nordic culture and stuff because just thinking back to the ch- um, children of the sky I, I read children of the sky of uh, the sky and desperately wanted to be in skyrim and then it's like oh not everyone's doing this um and the, and there's been kind of instances where people think all nords shout and then only a few do or um or whatever tyber septim tried to establish a college of the voice if i remember rightly um, once he'd um, once he conquered Skyrim, um, but what sort of a? Um, I just wanted to kind of go over the stuff that about the voice and voices in general and its significance to to Nordic culture, and perhaps is it die is it dying in the fourth era at this point, and what does that mean? Well, can all Nords shout? Because some Nords are invited to High Hrothgar to study the way of. the voice and learn shouting and all of that but can all of them do it Ooh. Mm. (laughs) yeah yeah well they they need to get a proper student loan and (laughs) and just head up there well they just need to go back to school i'm sorry but that is unacceptable I just mean, like, is that an ability that they have specifically because of their veneration of kind, or um. because we don't? I mean, we don't see that in other cultures. Theoretically, other voices can just be, or other races can just because other races can be dragonborn, but we don't see it. Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah, is it just a case of is it just a case of the knowledge dying out then as part yeah. of a kind of a cultural shift among the Nords? Hilti early beard was a Shazarine, right? Hilti early beard was a Shazarine, right? Yes, yes, so. yes, yes, he was. Yeah, so I'm I'm pretty sure all three of them were were Shazarine. Uh, if you go by MK's list, yes, yes. Um, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what what? What what thought what thoughts were you going with that um, with the Shazarine link? What what's the kind of not not any direction I want to take anything. Um, okay, things are getting fuzzy uh, uh, again when people whenever people start talking about what Dragonborn can or can't do, we inevitably end yeah. up with defining the you know what is a Dragonborn and 
that big long fucking conversation starts happening. Oh, I mean, I don't, I don't just mean like can the dragonborns do it because like I mean we know like at least some of them can. I mean like Nords as a whole. Oh, well, you know, like Nords have that ability. It, well, we can assume that we can assume that dragonborn can because right. the main character of uh, Skyrim can do it no matter what race he is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's we could also argue that a dragonborn is a function of uh, Nordic culture. Oh, oh, hmm. sorry. I just had a thought linking back to some stuff that Jonathan posted on the Facebook group about Jürgen Windpuller being a wasted Nancy boy. Um, <laughs> that was yeah. I don't um, hate Jürgen. Let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> it was, <laughs> <laughs> that, that he basically betray- he basically screwed up by f- by, by founding the web the voice the way um, because the graybeards are pacifists right they're they're, they're really I not this. a natural fit with the rest of Nordic culture so are they just basically um, no no one wants to talk to weird kids who don't want to kill everyone anymore <laughs> um, it was was because the way of the voice was so culturally different to the rest of Skyrim and it was the it was one of the big places for um to teach the voice and one of the most successful that elsewhere just kind of got it um as they kind of shift as they kind of shifted away um um as the kind of the um the the way of teaching the theme kind of gravitated towards the graybeards and didn't really stick anywhere else i mean i think that it was just a case of I mean, you know, they are a very warlike people, as we discussed previously, and his yeah. defeat in battle, Jürgen, was so... <laughs> yeah. I mean, he got his ass whooped so hard that he ran back to a mountain with his tail between his legs. Really so embarrassed, and is basically that, just, just kind of said, you know, uh, we should just not fight anybody ever anymore. It's just not worth yeah. it, no. you guys. <laughs> like, well, you guys, we, we, don't, we, we don't need to... <laughs> yeah, we don't need to do this. It's That game's <laughs> stupid anyway. I don't fucking... Whatever. I don't even, you <laughs> well, know... Whatever. <laughs> And so, and, and can I just read out what what Jonathan posted on the on the yeah, group? Please do. Because I think it's, I think it kind of we kind of segueing onto that anyway. Um, I think Windcaller was a hundred percent wrong, and he failed the Nords and Nordic culture when he created the Greybeards. He was a leader, and his heart was crushed by losing his army. It could be said that he sacrificed his heart. He could have emulated Shaw, but instead he turned into a little bitch and hid on a mountain. Well, um, Which, I don't know. We, um, the way I was thinking of that, do we go with? Could it have been a potential myth echo there that we're playing around with, or not? Or is that not a can of worms we want to open? Well, I, I think that um, I'm very skeptical when it comes to the the idea for Jurgen Windcaller to have started the a a a the you know the pacifistic practice of um learning thum um mm-hmm. it it feels very uh it it feels uh, it, it my knee-jerk reaction to it is that it feels like a decision they made in order to create a story the the ability for a story to happen not a decision that not not a uh a, a world building exercise that was built out of like you know logical progression of culture you know mm-hmm. um so it was in other words it was it felt like a decision that the writers made to facilitate a, a, a scenario you know they had a goal right. in mind and they wrote towards it um yeah. there's no, i don't i'm i'm not saying that that's a bad thing because it's the way i write 
Um, I am saying that it's a bad thing because it's the only way I write. <laughs> and I'm not very good. It has precedent and the lore, so. Yeah. And, and that's, they, but they, what they wanted to do is they wanted to create a scenario where people could learn Thum without declaring an allegiance, basically. Uh, with without saying, you know, by by only saying I support Nords, um, they can learn Thum, in, and that statement is as neutral as saying I support America. <laughs> but doesn't fucking mean what? anything, <laughs> you know. It it it's just you know you say that and then you do whatever the hell you want, and it's the the graybeards practicing Thum for what they called spiritual purposes. Smells suspiciously like a dragon cult to me. Because mm. the Thum is a product of the dragons. And if it's not, then it has to be, then you would, you would say that it's a product of Nordic culture. And if it's a product of Nordic culture, then it belongs to Nordic culture and not a bunch of graybeards sitting up in a cave somewhere. Yeah. Unless so, that is Nordic culture to retire to the mountaintops and not meddle in the affairs of man. And if that's what Nordic culture is about, they're doing a real shit poor job of it. Yeah. Yeah, it is really interesting that you say that because as war ready as Nords are, they do hold the graybeards in very high esteem. Yeah. It's considered a huge honor to be able to go to high Hrothgar and study with them. Um, I mean, like they only invite like, what like Ulfric went because he was rich, basically. <laughs> yeah, I do, exactly um, because he was he was born to the right family and. Yeah, right. So like it is considered honorable, but like they are pacifistic. So yeah, you're right. That doesn't really add up. Um, I, uh, however, I would be you know doing our 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 responsibility as lorebeards a disservice if I didn't figure out a way to lore it anyway. Um, so. The only conclusion that I can have, that I can come to, is um, the, the only thing that I can do at this point, is, or that I have done it in the past, is start drawing connections between other forms of fiction. And you end up, and I inevitably end up with the, uh, the cliche in uh, Chinese wuxia fiction of a collection uh, or a single tr tremendously badass warrior becoming... Um, dissatisfied with the material world and retiring to a mountaintop to study his kung fu uh, in in you know in solitude, um, and uh, and then every once in a while deciding to teach uh, a student. Um, I mean, I don't think we have to go to other works of fiction for that comparison. That happens other places in the Elder Scrolls universe. Uh. uh uh, badass warriors retiring to the mountaintops? I mean, or, you know, the top of a Dunmary ziggurat, oh. like Vivek. Yeah, or <laughs> or taking their magic and fucking off to a mushroom somewhere. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's very true. Um, I mean, because, you know, we have all of these accounts of, you know, Vivek, like, oh, yeah, I stabbed that scrib for that farmer, or, you know, whatever, <laughs> and but. Really, all he does is he just like levitates in, a, in his bedroom. Yeah, they, they just like sat in a building and floated. So you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> mm. occasionally being like slave 
I will teach you things as you wipe me down with a sponge. <laughs> and, and, and tend to my Boil me and I shall teach yeah. you how to chim. <laughs> so maybe yeah. it's not that, because there is also a certain amount of dissatisfaction with how much the graybeards don't do. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's just simply a case of Nords admire the graybeards for their knowledge of the theorem because they hold that in high regard. Um, but which, that's the extent of it. Which is a bit dissonant with how they treat Junal and knowledge in general. I mean, Herman Mora gets more credit um, as a thing of knowledge than Junal does in, um, in Nordic culture. That's true. So is that a bizarre little an- anomaly simply because the graybeards are a tangible thing that's always been there or I don't know that, that, that uh, I hear that and I'm not but sure it makes also sense. consider the voice their gift. Yeah. Like mm. they consider themselves gifted with that and that's how they got rid of the dragons in the first place. Well, uh, okay. You know, and also the difference between Junal and Hermaeus Mora is marketing. Hermaeus yeah. Mora is the hot, sexy, forbidden knowledge. <laughs> Junal's right. the old school girl next door shit. Man, I had that. Everybody know everybody knows how to everybody knows how to, you know, uh do Junal's shit. Junal's gonna teach you how to, you know, how to how to pluck a chicken and how to build a fence <laughs> and uh, you know, how to how to hammer iron into a sword. Big fucking deal. Hermaeus Mora is gonna teach you how to shoot tentacles out of your arms. That's my shit. <laughs> I think it's really interesting that throughout this discussion we have been able to make the case for so many deities being so intertwined. And just being two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. And that really ties into um, skull culture. Yeah, with the, 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 the all maker. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The all, fa- all father, yeah. Yeah. It's. Shit. Did we ever get an actual, like, Bethesda <laughs> source for who the skalds were worshiping? Uh, I've, I've heard it. I mean, the all maker, but. I've I've heard it uh, described as Anu himself, mm. um, but I've also seen pretty convincing arguments as to why it should be sure. Um, I, mean, I don't think it should just be Anu because they also look at hardships that they encounter and they just take it as they go. So maybe just some sort of combination of Anu and Padme. Yeah. Um, well, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yes, yeah. That arguably sure, father of sure, or Sithus. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember vaguely, and that kind that does go back to now. You say that sure, son of sure. Um, there's some bits about sure, father of sure. I can't remember exactly where that does sound suspiciously like he's a gradient up at least. Uh, yeah, that's the impression I got. Yeah. It's not kind of different Kalpa versions sort of thing. It's a very, very different. Um, it's a kind of a, a difference in nature almost. Um, but yeah, again, I don't really know enough to about skull culture to, um, to, to really comment on that one. Um, yeah. Um, there's an interesting question. When did the skull deviate from the Nords? Because they still worship, like, I mean, you know, the Allmaker, but they do still have all of this imagery of animal totems and, mm. like, very, like, tied to, you know, the Earth sort of vibe. I'm I'm going to guess that it has something to do with the War of the First Council. 
Okay. Um, oh. Because that's that's far enough back where we can start to see, you know, I mean, how, how many years has it been? Thousands of years since since Nerevar and the Red moment, right? And so how, I mean, given that amount of time, two distinctly separate peoples can deviate in different directions um, in terms of their, their worldview and ideology and all that. Um, so, mm-hmm. I mean, if, if, if I was going to attribute any time when they made that distinction, I would think that's where it started. The yes. And I've just found a passage within the five songs that not only seems to confirm that theory, but would also mean that Wolfarth was the founder of the Allmaker religion, almost. Oh. Um, we've got the, um, in the secret song, um, you've got the, um, you've got the passage of, um, and, and many, many Nords could not bring themselves to ally with their traditional enemies, even in the face of Red Mountain. They were close to desertion. Then Wolfarth said, don't you see where you really are, which right. is in the red moment, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, don't you know who Shaw really is? Don't you know what this war is? And they looked from the king to the gods, the devils and the orcs, and some knew, really knew, and they are the ones who stayed. In the context of if they are in the dragon break at that point, that if they are in the dawn, mm-hmm. then you can say, well, have they seen right the way up gradients to Anu? Mm. And and are understanding what the Kalpic cycle is. But I mean, I don't think we have any indications of them processing Kalpas in Skald culture, which is a point against it, maybe. But if we think about the Skald as the ones who stayed in that scenario, we have a reason for them thinking that. Hmm. I'm trying to think of 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 the skull idea of of Kalpas. And I mean I, I find myself returning back to Hermes Mora. Mm-hmm. Hermes Mora is effectively the devil, with as far as the skull are concerned. Yeah. Um. And so, I mean, if we take into account what we've kind of discussed about Hermes Mora's role compared to the Akatusk, um, then maybe it's it's knowledge they're actively resisting. If we look at uh, Hermes Mora as an interpreta- interpretation of, of forbidden knowledge in general. Mm-hmm. And this knowledge, because it's it's demonized, forbidden, there are things you should not know, then maybe they have an idea that such a thing exists, but they, they don't talk about it. Nope, nope, that's forbidden mm-hmm. knowledge. Nope, we're not touching it. Nope. At the same time, we do also know, though, that they have knowledge that Hermaeus Mora does not have. Yeah, true. What could be the nature of that knowledge? Yeah, I don't remember if that's expanded. In the- that would also give them a reason, Hermaeus Mora, a reason to be a devil figure for them, because he will be tr- he would probably be trying to get it out of them all the time. Well, he, well, he's the greedy man. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's yeah, what course, he is. Of course he <laughs> yeah. It might not even be knowledge that's particularly mind-blowing. Uh, it's like how to fuck a chicken. <laughs> you know, we know just where to get a chicken so that you can take its head off and it doesn't run around all over the place. Yeah. Hermes Moro's like, that's dank shit. I got to have a piece of that. <laughs> I had no idea you could make clam chowder this way. 
Oh dear. Um, Teach me how to keep my souffle from drooping in the middle. <laughs> Oh, we, we, oh, we get, we get, we get into the realm of Hung, yeah. the uh, Daedric Prince of Minor Conveniences. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, we are. <laughs> yeah, and for those of you who do not know the joy of the nuples, then good. <laughs> <laughs> bristly, the bristly lore cactus. Yes, yeah, the spider that's been squished by a whoopee cushion. Um, okay, uh... Uh, before yes. we run right off the rails, um, <laughs> yeah, we have. I'm sorry. Um, to, to, br- to bring us to bring us back on, um, can I talk about the Battle of Red Mountain and something that I've seen in various places? Um, but some people think there are two battles of Red Mountain, thanks to Scott, um, thanks to TS5, um, which I'm not convinced on because you have the Battle of Red Mountain where the tribunal happened and um, the Dwemer disappeared and all that stuff. But you look at the tablets on um, on High Hrothgar and Jürgen was, um, went to Red Mountain. Um, mm-hmm. and Or Jürgen, however you want to pronounce it. I'm going German rather than Scandinavian. Sure. Um, Jürgen. But Jürgen um, um, was there and kind of went back. But that, that's where the tongues were beaten. And so um, he went up to his mountain. Um, up to his other up to his other mountain, um, he got beaten at Red Mountain, um, which kind of makes right. me think um, has made some people think that have there been two battles at Red Mountain, um, and in the thirty six lessons that I think that that skirmish is referred to as just the war with the Northern Men. Yeah, yeah, and so I think that it's possible that maybe that war just there was a final battle that yeah. happened at Red Mountain mm-hmm. or nearby it. And that's why it's referred to like that. But yeah, because yeah. the, the red, the red moment and, and, and the, the war at Red Mountain, those, those aren't the entire, that isn't all that happens. It's like, Hey, let's no. go to Red Mountain and fuck some shit up. Like it just, it, it just doesn't work like that. Yeah. Because wars are so huge with rippling effects. You got battles over here and battles over there and mm-hmm. battles back that way. And so, I mean, Jerk and Windcaller doesn't necessarily need to be at Red Mountain to get his ass kicked by the Dwemer Keimer Alliance, you know. Yeah, and that's and that's mm. you know before the Dwemer and Keimer were like, oh, yeah, the Dwemer are building a big thing, and we don't like that. Let's stop them. Yeah, like, I mean, I mean, that's that that seems to me like an end stage, like. You know, they were buddies for a while and then <gasps> you fiend. And then and then, you know, that's where we get the final battle with with yeah. the, but yeah. it does explicitly say on the tablet, um, Red Mountain. Does it? Okay. I mean that could yeah. be that could be a a synecdoche where it's 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 using Red Mountain in place of all of Morrowind or Resdane. Oh possibly. Um yeah, the land of Red Mountain. Yeah. Um but I mean, I, I, that's up for debate, I suppose. Yeah, because it was. It strikes me as that that, um, that that particular war was part of the, um, or was at least contemporaneous with the War of Succession when um, the Nords lost Morrowind, um, which which happened three hundred years before the Dragonbreak battle, um, which I 
don't I don't know quite how to um how to read that was the whether that whether there well, were there were there two battles there were we actually looking at Jürgen being at um there in um the foot the second seventh hundred year of the first era or what mm. but yeah yeah hmm. I mean, do do we have like a like a death date for Jurgen Winkler? I don't, I don't, I don't uh, know if it's I don't mentioned think we do. on. I don't know if it's mentioned like in his tomb, or if it's, uh, um, you know, because I know if I know if you run through like Windhelm, there's a lot of, yeah, almost like plaques like venerating yeah. people, yeah, and I mean they're really hard to read, ah, because yeah, the texture is a little. A we have that. But I don't think that there are two of them. No, we do. Uh, according to according to the UESP, um, there is a stone etching in Windhelm which places. Oh no, that's Wolfoff. Sorry, oh, damn it, okay. that's Wolfoff. I was not. I was like fist pumping in triumph there, and, <laughs> <laughs> and we let you down. <laughs> Why oh, is there well. Daedric on Jurgen Windcaller's tomb? Is there? Yes, I believe there is. Hmm. And Daedric? Yeah. Why is what is it? What does yeah. it say? Well, well I, I I think it's graffiti, if I recall. <laughs> it's it's someone etched something onto his tomb. Bonduit Hen was here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 yeah, he taught taught Jurgen a few motions. If you know what I'm Divic takes oh, it up no. the butt. What does it what does it say? <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me look it up here. Uh yeah. Uh, Major letters written on Jurgen Windcaller's coffin. I was playing through the yes, main quest. Yes, they are. Um, looks yeah, like an O dot. Oh yeah, it, it it literally just says Windcaller. In oh yeah, oh, okay. it does. So I don't know what the implications are there because why, why why would why would it be why would it be in daedric and not and not in in in, in daedric or in, in uh, dragon script and yeah not dragon script yeah so that's that's interesting so i mean i i i remember i've seen this before and i i thought i remembered it as as like graffiti like just kind of someone etched it into the top or whatever Shit. Uh, but are we as well? The, the only thing that I can think of is was there some cultural cross pollination there? Um, well, um, with um, some Morrowind stuff, ble- um, or well, some Morrowind stuff bleeding back into Skyrim. Um, yeah, maybe because I mean, I know yeah. we know that that Daedric is used as the Dunmeris alphabet. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, so maybe that right there makes the case that other races do naturally possess the ability to use the theorem if they attempt it, because maybe it's possible that some, you know, not Nordic monk who was with the Greybeards made that pilgrimage. So I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna like, po- oh yeah, I want other people to be able to know what this is too. I'm just gonna write this here. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna pause this heresy. I got some heresy here, and I know we I know we like heresy. Um, what if? Jurgen Wingcaller was either a Dunmer himself or Uh-oh. a hybrid whoa, 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 whoa. of Nord and Dunmer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, maybe it's well, possible. folks. Thanks for tuning into the Selective Zorecast. Uh, that's going to get <laughs> we're going to end it for today before we get into deeper shit. That at that battle um, that you know whipped him so soundly, they picked up some remnant of. Yeah, it could be. I mean, 
the the reason I I, I suggest a a crossbreed kind of thing there is maybe there's more to Jurgen Windcaller's defeat than we really mm. know about. That mm. there's some cultural issue going on in Jurgen Windcaller as 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 a you know a microcosm of the struggle between the two races, as almost like the the union of a Romeo and Juliet sort of thing, right? So, well, we've got like a Nord father, or well, I guess it would be a. Well, we don't really know what Jurgen would be a Nord like, mother. But, uh, yeah, yeah, so Nord Nord mother and and Dunmer father, um, and he's got these two cultures that are part of his heritage. And when it comes time to fight, it's like, okay, do I hesitate? Do I? What happens here? And I mean, I I don't know. I'm I'm really just kind of spitballing here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I see what you're saying, and uh, I mean, maybe he got a, a mm. Kimer girlfriend or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, I mean, maybe I, I, he turns I keep to peace before, like before the war ended. Like maybe he was like, no, this should be a peacekeeping mission, and that's why he ran off and tried to make this whole peacekeeping cult. Uh, maybe, and then and then mm. got his ass kicked and was like, well, I don't want to fight. It's not fight. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to lose, so I'm not going to fight. Mm. Yeah. Which, actually, just rewinding entirely um, on that, that's a rejection of the you-must-die-in-battle credence enti- mm. entirely. Do do greybeards go to Sovngarde? How, how do they process yeah, that? They, they actually, when you go to Sovngarde at the end of you know the main quest in Skyrim, you see yes. Jürgen there. Yeah, I do. Okay, okay. Yeah, how did he get there? Though the others. I mean, I assume he died at some point. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or he walked his ass in there just like the Dragonborn did. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Mm. But it It is on the moon. I mean, shit. The Hordador's been there. As ever, though, the the the, it's the kind of the graybeard anomaly in uh, in so many ways as compared to the rest of Nordic culture. It just feels weird. I mean, you know, I mean, just I think about it. just because the Nords ascribe battle to you know as as the way to get in the Sovereign Guard, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're a hundred percent correct, or that that's, it's the only way. I mean, actually, yeah. that's true because there, sorry, there was some there's some text somewhere about Sovereign Guard um, that says that there's actually a way to find your way there. It it kind of almost pitches it like a quest of the Holy Grail. Um, I can't remember the, the name of the book, um, but it's kind of you will you can find your way to Sovngarde. Not um, hardly anyone makes it. It's a harrowing journey. Those that you can find again afterwards come back forever changed, etc. Or that even the ones that didn't make it. So it implies that it's a perhaps a place that you could make your way to. I suppose. What is the method through which Alduin is able to travel there and back? Um, well, uh, uh, I think originally it was because dragons can move from Nern to space, which they talk about in um, in a piece of text in uh, uh, Battlespire, where right. the le- the general of the uh, of the Imperial Ara, like uh, division that works it in Battlespire has a has a dragon associate who he uses to fly between Battlespire and Nern. Um, 
So, and, and originally, as everybody knows, the uh, Sovereign Guard was supposed to be on the moon. And so the thinking would be at that point that Alduin literally flew to, um, to, uh, yeah, to literally flew to the moon to recuperate, I think was mm -hmm. what they, what they suggested. Um, in game, we see that represented as a portal. Yeah. Of some sort. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I turned my green screen off. <laughs> it was messing around with the bat with the back of your uh uh with your wall behind you. So uh, sorry. Um, at least at least it wasn't messing with my shirt this time. Uh, not this time. Yeah. <laughs> um so I think uh hmm. Do you do you actually see I'll do and leave when you whoop his ass the first time? Uh, Does he vanish no, into he a portal? The first away. time, he just <laughs> yeah, flies away. He, I thought, yeah. He's like, it's implied in the game that he flies back to uh, Sovngarde. I forget what it's called. Is it called Orlhost? No, that's not the one. Whatever uh, uh, the temple is called that you go to at the end, it's implied oh, right. that he flies back to his portal that is there. Yeah, yeah. he flies. He really flies back to that um, facility or whatever it was that castle. I can't remember what it was. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I but that's not right yeah that sounds right that, that, I think that's that, I think that's what they imply but I mean they they don't really I mean I don't I don't recall them I think I don't recall them saying one way or the other whether he flew back to Samengard or if he flew back to that location skull dolphin skull dolphin yeah oh yeah mm-hmm because, I mean, your player character is basically like, well, how did Alduin get there? And then the dragon's like, I'll show you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. You got it. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. right. I'll show you how he got there. And then he flies your ass over there and goes, you jumped into that swirly toilet looking thing. And mm -hmm. that's what you do. Well, that's one way to get there, I guess. Yeah. I mean, gate. it's not the only time mm -hmm. that we see portals to other places, even if you can technically reach them. Like directly. I mean, we have portals to Oblivion, we have portals to the Soul Cairn, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, have we, have we exhausted Nord stuff? Uh, I vaguely wanted to, well, I was thinking vaguely about things. Things a bit more earthbound, and things like the um, things like the moot and how that works. But that's more kind of exposition rather than discussion at this point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we're pretty much well. I can't. I can't think of much else at this stage. No, not really. I, I we went longer than I thought we would. To be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, we always do it when we think of more. <laughs> well, we that's how it, this, these things always work. Is that after we stop this somebody else pops in on the facebook and goes i can't believe you didn't talk about this and we go ah son of a bitch and then yeah <laughs> sounds good <laughs> yeah. well what are what are yeah. we wanting to talk about next time um pick another culture if you ask me i mean i you do I, the nibbanians nibbanians would be cool i would really like to spend some time talking about the various shards of uh of um of uh cyrodiilic culture in general yeah yeah I think mm -hmm. that would be really good because I, I do uh -huh. want to spend a lot of time talking about when some were popular and when some weren't and why, where their influences come from and, and so mm -hmm. on. Yeah. So yeah, I we're mean, not talking about Breton's Reg. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would like to see, not necessarily in the next cast, but sometime soon, I'd, I'd like to discuss Red Guards. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, we gotta get Felix. We gotta get Felix in on that because I—that—that yeah. I, that is probably one of the areas that I'm weakest. Um, in terms of different cultures, like I know virtually nothing. About or, 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 um, or high elves for that matter. But something's yeah. coming, so we'll see. Reg is talking about us talking about slows. Oh, okay, okay, all right. I got, I got slowed for days. Uh, I'm, I, I would rather. Yes, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, maybe we could just like maybe plan on talking about Cyrodiilic cultures next time, since they bleed into other cultures so much, and True. then after yeah. that we could decide. Solid. Solid. Yeah, Kothringi, Necken. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, it would be nice to uh, talk about Slodes around or near the Somerset Isles release. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Okay. Um, because so I think it would be nice for us to sort of parse some information that we're getting from the alpha or I think they're alpha servers, whatever. The closed beta, I think that's going on right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we could... Not that we could talk about it. <laughs> oh, we could talk about stuff. Can we talk about that's a good question. I don't know if we can talk about stuff that we yeah, get on yeah, the, yeah. The, 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 the NDA down that was posted. Hmm? The NDA mentions only stuff like past the first quest in the main storyline. Oh. Which I haven't done much of anyway. I've been more interested in the Sigics, but hmm. uh, it's up May first. Ooh, hello. Okay, something to think about. Um, okay. I'll take a look at the NDA because I was also trying to figure out a way to stream it. I don't think I'm going to be able yeah. to. But well, by, yeah. by the time by the time of our next cast, if we're going every other week, um, that'll be up anyway. Oh, okay, good. Okay. So, oh, the Sigic Order. Yeah, that's another thing we need to talk about. Yeah, don't don't yep. get me started, Dark. Um. Okay. Great. So, um, that's going to do it. I've I've been putting off thanking all the people who followed and subbed. So I'm going to do that now. Um, the first person's name is unpronounceable. So thank you for your tier one subscription, Reg five thousand fifty five thousand. Thank you very much for your Twitch Prime subscription, uh, Thalmor Justicar. Thank you for your Twitch Prime subscription, Valen Dregoth. Thanks for the follow. Any one and a whole bunch of numbers. Thank you for following and welcome everybody. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the House of We. Uh, we will see you guys uh, for another Selectives Lorecast uh, in uh, two weeks. And um, uh, that's all I got to say about that. Everybody wave goodbye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>